You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show, hosted by a pastor on staff here at East Coast Christian Center. All right, we are on the air this morning, Breath. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. This is Mark Cook sitting in for Pastor Dan, and we are excited to be getting into the Word of God with you. Welcome to Morning Breath on this Wednesday, December 9th. Christmas is coming like a freight train. Have you started shopping yet? Yes, I have. Oh, you have? Especially if Nancy is listening. Yes, I have. <laughs> I have started shopping. That is the voice of my co-host and brother-in-law, Pastor David Gaming. Glad to be doing the show with you, man. I am super excited. Man, we're in the book of Matthew. Yeah. That's going to be fun. going to be fun. How could it be any better? So we're so glad you joined us. This is a Drive Time Devotion. Sure, to jumpstart your day, we get into the Word of God. We read a chapter. We read it in the, in the morning. We read it the night before and the morning of, and then we just come down and we read it on the air and talk about whatever God is breathing on for us. And so you can find that guide how, Pastor David? Go to our website. That's eccc.us and you'll see Pastor Dan. If you scroll down the page, you see Pastor Dan there. It'll say morning breath. Click on that image. It'll take you to the itinerary. It'll tell you chapters where you have gone into and covered, and you can listen to them. It'll also tell you ones that we're going to go into. So this way you can use it for your quiet time. You can use it for, for however you like. Man, even a little small group would be great to, to start based off of this. But yeah. You can find out and, and follow along with us. Another great way for anything East Coast Christian Center is get our app. Get our app wherever the mobile, you get your mobile apps. You get Morning Breath. You get the weekend experience. You'll be able to get whatever events we're doing. Um, a lot's going on. Speaking of events um, on that level, and also, too, if you want Morning Breath and you can't um, do it these ways, just call church, 321-452-1060. We'll take care of you. But speaking of events, we got the Christmas Eve service coming up. We do. We got Christmas Eve services. Actually, there's two uh, two days. We're going to do the 23rd and the 24th. So that's Wednesday and Thursday. You need to get your tickets though, because those seats tend to fill up pretty quickly. So go online uh, to our website again or our app and get your tickets. They're not. There's no charge for them. They're free. Uh, but we got to know how many seats are, are are taken. So make sure you get that. Try to try to get in there early and get the time that you want. And uh, we've got. Gosh, I think there's two services in Merritt Island on the 23rd. Then on the 24th, there's three, plus all of our other campuses are having services yes, as well. Yes, the 24th is going to be a, a really cool experience. We're really focusing on joy in this season, guys. Yes. We're being really intentional about Sunday morning. Look, 2020 has been a long year for everybody, and that's just being honest. And walking into Christmas, we want to do it with our chin up, our chest out, celebrating the birth of Jesus. And we're not going to end this year with the spirit of heaviness on us, but Amen. we're going to put on that garment of praise. That's good. And and we're going to have some fun. So come on out. We're being COVID conscious. We're cleaning everything. We're, we're doing, we're being safe. But let's let's end the year strong, uh, praise in the name of Jesus. Amen. We also have our online services. Make sure you're always checking us out. we got a great online campus every single weekend for our services. And when we record those, we record them on Wednesday mornings at about 10 o'clock. And you're welcome, you're invited to come down to the Parkway Worship Center in Merritt Island, and you can sit in the uh, Parkway while we're recording that service. It's a great way if you're, you'd are you like to maybe come back in the building, but you're just not ready to be around people, there's very few people. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's a great time to come into the building. And of course, uh, morning breath is now available on gosh we've got all over the place spotify google podcast and more so get on your get on your browser and search morning breath come on find us come on let's jump in we got a lot of verses we got 38 verses today in uh, matthew chapter 9 mm-hmm. um, my bible has a break i don't know if it's set up i end a column verse 19 is at the end of a column okay do you have a break there or um, you're using your 19. phone there's no breaks no no i got i got okay. uh i got a break there okay so uh i can read up through verse 19 and then you can take it home uh, 20 on. Gotcha. Yeah. Then I say to you, Pastor Mark, read, sir. New King James. So he got into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own city. 
Then behold, they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. And at once some of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemes. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Arise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And he arose and departed to his house. Now when the multitudes saw it, they marveled and glorified God, who had given such power to men. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, Follow me. So he arose and followed him. Now it happened, as Jesus sat at the table in the house, that, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard that, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Then the disciples of John came to him, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch pulls away from the garment, and the tear is made worse. Nor do they put new wine into old wineskins, or else the wineskins break, the wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. While he spoke these things to them, behold, a ruler came and worshipped him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. So Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. For, for she thought, if I can just wait hold on a second. So Jesus and his disciples got up and went there with him. Then just a woman who had suffered for 12 years with a constant bleeding came up behind him. She touched the fringe of his robe, for she thought, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Jesus turned around, and this is what he said. Daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was healed at that moment. When Jesus arrived at the official's home, he saw the noisy crowd and heard the funeral music. Get out, he told them. The girl isn't dead. She is only asleep. But the crowd laughed at him. After the crowd was put outside, however, Jesus went in and took the girl by the hand. And she stood up. The report of the miracle swept through the entire countryside. After Jesus left the girl's home, two blind men followed along behind him, shouting, Son of David, have mercy on us. They went right into the house where he was staying, and Jesus asked them, Do you believe I can make you see? Yes, Lord, they told, told him. We do. Then he touched their eyes and said, Because of your faith, it will happen. Then their eyes were opened, and they could see. Jesus sternly warned them, Don't tell anyone about this. But instead they went out and spread his fame all over the region. When they left, a demon-possessed man who couldn't speak was brought to Jesus. So Jesus cast out the demon, and the man began to speak. The crowds were amazed. Nothing like this has ever happened in Israel, they exclaimed. But the Pharisees said, He can cast out demons because he is empowered by the prince of demons. Jesus traveled through all of the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, The harvest is great, but the workers are few. 
So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest, asking to send more workers into his fields. Amen. So what uh, what were you reading there? This was a, a New Living Translation. New here. Living, cool. Okay, I just want to kind of nail that down so people can can know. A um, lot of good stuff in this chapter, Pastor David. I'm going to jump on something that stood out to me right at the beginning. Jesus said to the paralytic, Son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. And I was thinking about that this morning, and I thought, you know what? This is a really interesting response. This is before anything came up about healing the guy. Um, he saw the paralytic. They brought him in there. He saw their faith, and he said, and he addressed his sin issue first. And he said, be of good cheer. So you got a guy who's paralyzed, mm-hmm. and Jesus said, be of good cheer. Why? Because your sins are forgiven you. And I thought, I, I got to thinking about that, and I feel like that there are times, I know maybe in my own mind, um, we get, I get fixated on whatever I'm irritated by. Um, and it might be a legitimate, I mean, I might, there, there could be something, you know, am I going to be able to pay a bill? Am I, is, is someone sick or, or, you know, something, there can be real things that really wage war in our souls. Um, and we can really get distracted by those things, but I feel like that we have to go back and remember, um, I can't, I feel like Jesus saying that just kind of re-honed my focus a bit because, you know, James said, look, this life is a vapor. Mm-hmm. We're here, we're here, and then we're gone. Even if we if we live five years or, or, or 120 years, it's still like that. You know, you wake up one day and it's over. Um, and the thing that we lose focus on is how incredibly important it is that our sins are forgiven. Wow. Because he's, he's saying, be of good cheer for that reason. Like, no matter what's going on, no matter what 2020's been like, no matter what the impact on your life has been, maybe, you, I mean, and I'm not making light of it. People have lost jobs. People have lost their homes. People have lost loved ones. Be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven. Mm-hmm. That means no matter what this life looks like, and we expect victory, and we that doesn't mean that we don't look at Jesus in the fullness of his atonement and have an expectation of walking in health and all having provision. We, we do stand on those things, but ultimately, those aren't the reasons that we're of good cheer. We're of good cheer because we're assured of our destination because our sins are forgiven. And Jesus legitimately looks at us and expects us to be of good cheer for that reason, to be able to walk around and go, man, why are you in such a good mood? Dude, my sins are forgiven. Mm -hmm. I know that no matter what happens, my destination is secure. And that should be the source of joy. And then, yes, the provision and the healing and all that follows. You notice that healing followed that revelation. Mm. Healing followed the revelation that sin was forgiven. And I love that. Paul would chime in on this uh, to echo James and Jesus. You know, it's almost like God saying the same thing over and over again through different people. And when he would write to the Corinthians, I think, I don't know, um, I should. But he would say to them, oh, all these miraculous things and spiritual gifts I'm telling you about, None of them compare that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Yeah. Like, none of that compares to that. And that's why, for me, people are like, is the spirit moving in your life? Do you see this? Do you see that? I actually, first and foremost, look on salvations. Mm. Like, there is no greater miracle working people than seeing the dead come to life. Yeah. All right? And, And actually, real quick, something that jumped out to me. Is that, you know, you can get discombobulated in your faith the same way John the Baptist and the Pharisees. And I never noticed this until you were reading. Um, they both were in bondage when it came to the issue of fasting. Mm. They both were. Now, it's easy and, and e- it's, it's very much for us to say, oh, the Pharisees are in bondage. Ha ha, because they're, they're bad guys or whatever. Sure. Um, 
but not John's guys. Yeah, it was interesting that they came. John's guys were also were good guys. Yeah. And the truth is, is that you see fasting is an external change for an internal focus. All right. But if you think it's going to be an external change to for any other reason, you're going to miss the mark. Okay. Fasting is meant for you to die to yourself so you can grow in your faith, in your spiritual walk. In essence, quit feeding the dog that is your flesh so that your spirit dog can get stronger. Mm. All right. If it's a dog fight. Okay. And um, both these guys were identifying themselves with fasting. Because notice what they do. You know when someone identifies themselves with something? When they judge by it. Mm. Your disciples aren't doing that, but we are, you know. And it's like, oh, Jesus, like, oh, you're kind of missing the mark. Sure. You know, so that stood out to me. Yeah, when I liked it, I actually thought about that too because I, I felt like there was a difference, and maybe it's just my own perception. But when the Pharisees would ask a question, it was a challenge. Yes. I feel like John's disciples had a legitimate question. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so why do we do this, but you guys don't? Like, not, and I almost wonder if they were judging or if they were legitimately curious. Like, I think they're legit. Yeah, I think so too. Which I, mm-hmm. which I think they're, and I feel like Jesus' answer reflects that because a lot of times when Jesus answered the Pharisees, he was like, "Look, <laughs> 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 with these guys, I think he's like, well, let me ask you a question. Can mm-hmm. the friends, you know?" And mm-hmm. I feel like just the way he responded was different. And I think that there's freedom for us to come to Jesus, to come to God with our questions. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, you know, don't ever question. No, you can come and ask. You can, you can ask, Lord, why is it? You know, help me understand this because the Holy Spirit is eager to help you understand mm-hmm. that th- the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven are not meant to be hidden from the children of heaven. Yep. They're supposed to be revealed. Yeah. And so Ephesians ask, says that. Yeah. Ephesians, that was a great mystery, but now it is revealed how Christ and his church are, are together and are one. And you're meant to know all the mysteries of God. Now, Deuteronomy 29, 29 does say that there are some things we will find out when we get to heaven that we didn't know now. So it isn't like God's just going to dump all of Yeah, We Google see through a glass darkly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love I love the fact that um, when it comes to to this chapter, another thing that stood out to me was um, oh, where is it? Where is it? Uh, John and his um, oh yeah, Matthew did nothing to be called on. Mm. Was something that stood out to me. He was sitting there, being busted, broken, and pretty much a bad person. All right, and Jesus gave Matthew the same question that he gave and gives you today: follow. Me. Mm. Simple. Super simple. People make this so much more grander than it needs yeah. to be on our on our side of the, on our side of heaven. You know, who Matthew did not know getting up from that chair, he would go and become immortalized inside of the New Testament. Mm. All right. When you rise up from where you're seated at and follow Jesus, some people actually have a very narcissistic fear that God's gonna call them to Djibouti, Africa and have to do all this different stuff and become a missionary and sell our stuff. God just said, follow him, man. Just yeah. follow him. Like, like just stand up and go and trust him. Trust that and like and stop. And really kind of that's the essence of grace is releasing that works mentality, that put our hand to it mentality, and realize that if God's called us to it, it's going to be good. doesn't always mean it's going to be easy. And it's not really about us anymore once we responded to the follow me. Yeah. And he's the one who calls and anoints us. Mm-hmm. And he's the one who makes us sufficient as ministers of a new covenant. He's the one who puts that sufficiency and then anointing on your life. And I love that, David, too. You, what you also alluded to is in that call, 
there's not only, okay, if I'm going to follow Jesus, I have to, you know, be worried that I'm going to have to go do something I don't want to do. But there's also the, I think even before on the other side of the call, it's what do I have to do to make, to be acceptable to follow him? Mm -hmm. Nothing. You just have to answer. Mm -hmm. You just have to answer. It's not, Matthew was sitting, like you said, in a place where he was hated. He was an enemy of his own country because he was working for an occupational uh, government and taking their money and getting rich off of his own people. You know, he was, and that's why they talk about why, why are you hanging out with tax collectors and sinners? It was something, I mean, that was, they would say that as they like spitting tax collectors Mm -hmm. and sinners. And he said, follow me. So there's not any, the essence of grace is not that you do anything to earn the call Mm -hmm. that Jesus just makes the call, and you just ran, you just respond. That's mm-hmm. it. You just respond. And that's why one of the scriptures that frustrates me the most is that um, when I hear Christians say scriptures like, oh, we're, we're called to be set apart, brother. We're called to be set apart. All right? We're not called to live like the world because we're not of the world. And I'm like, okay, well, what does that mean? Because now what you're doing is taking scripture and putting it through your own personal inflection. Yeah. All right? So where where is the line? And in essence, you are crafting your own American religion off of these scriptures where you would struggle with Jesus if you ran too hard and too far with that because he would sit and eat with tax collectors. And you're like, well, that's kind of cool. He went to lunch with them. No big deal. No good, sir. Big deal. Because actually, (laughs) those of us that have social media, it would be the same as if Jesus took a selfie with the sinners and tagged them in it and said, these are my friends. That's what eating and drinking with somebody meant back then. Their living room had giant windows, and it was almost a boasting right to say, look who I'm sitting and eating with. And Jesus was actually saying, I'm willing to be seen with these men. And it was a big deal for a rabbi to do that. So it sent the religious people through the roof. I mean, it confused people. But the truth is, like he would say, He's come to heal the sick. He's come for, to bring life to death. You know, like he's got to get around those people. And like we, I want to challenge us too. Man, what if we said, okay, we're not of this world and we are called to be set apart, but we're not called to isolate ourselves from people that are going to hell. No. And, yeah, well, and, and Paul talks about that specifically. He says, you know, when he's talking about some discipline in the church, he says, you you, you separate yourself from Christians who claim to be Christians who are acting a certain way. Yeah, First Corinthians but you, 5. But you yep. don't separate yourself from the world or else where would you go? There's no one you're we're supposed to be you know, ministering to those people. And uh, I think the other side of that when you talk about the concept of sanctification and I know we're kind of wandering off a little bit, but the Bible says in Hebrews that that he is the one who sanctifies. Mm. It says that he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are of one. Wow. And for that reason he's not ashamed to call them brethren. I I, th- I want to say that that might be Hebrews 5. I'd have to check the reference on that. But Jesus is the one who sanctifies. It says in, in uh, I believe, 1 Corinthians, it says that uh, Jesus is made unto us sanctification. So this, this whole setting apart thing, we don't set ourselves apart. He sets us apart. That's good. He's the one who does it. You know, it's and, and so the minute we start taking it on ourselves, it just turns into religion. You know, and kind of that that segues a little bit because I feel like uh, I, I was intrigued in uh, where he talked about the new wine and the new wine skins. Mm. Heard so much about new wine, and there's songs written about new wine, and there's you know com, you know conversations and discussions about new wine, the new wine of the Holy Spirit, which is not the old of the law. But it's something else that jumped out at me in this was the wine skins. He says in verse 17, nor do they put new wine into old wineskins or else the wineskins break, the wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. And I thought, you know what? Jesus is just as concerned about the wineskin. That's us. Come on. 
He's not just worried about, oh, I can't put my wine in the wrong. He's, he's, he's saying if I put new wine into an old wineskin, I'm going to ruin the old wineskin. I'm going to ruin the person. But when we're, and so we were, I was actually having this conversation this morning with my wife. Um, you know what? When we're reborn, he says, you must be born again. When we're reborn, we're made a new creation in Christ Jesus. Then we become a new wineskin. Mm. And then he can put new wine into us. And he says, both are preserved. I feel like sometimes we focus so much on the new wine that we forget that Jesus was concerned about the wineskin. He wants us to be successful as vessels of that new wine. He doesn't just want to set us up to fail. Like his heart is, I don't want the wineskins to be ruined either. Come on. And And I think when we read scripture... If we don't chase the fruit, we chase the root. If we chase Jesus, Amen. if we go to our Bibles and our quiet times, not looking for a spouse, not looking for money, not looking for healing, which all those are good things. Yeah. All right. Not against them. But you just look for Jesus. You'll see it. Like, I love when Jesus is like, hold on, hold on, blind people. I love that they said, son of David. Once again, no accident. What mm. they were saying was, you're the descendant of the greatest king this planet will ever know, besides you. All right. You're, you're son of David. You We're acknowledging you're heir of royalty. Yeah. All right. They're acknowledging Jesus's royalty. All right. And they said, we're blind. And he's like, well, you think I can heal you? And they're like, yes. But I love it. He's like, do you believe by your faith? You see, we have to remember that when you go towards Jesus, when you put your eyes on Jesus, even a blind man can receive. You yes, know? that's good. Like, you've got to do that. But when you put your focus on something else, you're just going to keep chasing that thing. And it's like, it's so important. I love you said it earlier. It's like, you know, the the miracle follows the gospel. Mm. Every time you see it, it is never reversed. All right. The miracle follows the gospel. And I love it when you talked about that with, you know, he, Jesus is talking about your faith. And he does that several times here. He does it with the, the it says that a ruler came and worshiped him. And it's, this is interesting. The ruler came and worshiped him saying, my daughter has just died, but lay your hand on her and she will live. At when I, That just kind of hit me when we were reading it this morning. The ruler worshiped him by saying that I believe you can heal my daughter. Mm applying his, looking at Jesus and seeing Jesus for who he is is an act of worship. Come on. Even in that request, he said, the the Bible says this is an act of worship, saying my daughter has died, but come and lay your hand on her and she will live. When we come to Jesus with that kind of humility and that kind of faith, that's an act of worship. It says right here. It's an incredible thing. And then Jesus responds to the faith. Um, he, He responds to that guy's faith. And then he responds on his way to his house. He responds to the woman's faith because she said, if I just may touch his garment, I know I'll be made well. There was no if. Um, and then the blind guys, like you were just saying, do you believe I'm able to do this? Yes, Lord. And so there's this element where Jesus is not, Jesus wants to know if we believe that he's able. Mm -hmm. That's what he wants to know. If we believe that he's able. So many times I think we get hung up. There's, there's a couple of different things that go on here and I can't go too long, but I think we turn faith into a work Mm -hmm. sometimes because we get caught up where it says, you know, don't doubt. Um, and we think, oh, I doubted. So I ruined it. No, I don't think that's the case. The, the focus is on who is Jesus. And when we worship him and when we look at him and we're convinced that what we see in him is rightfully ours, just like this woman said, if I just need to touch him and I know I'll be made well. She already knew that. She was convinced that that was true. And then she acted on that on that conviction and it produced results in her life. Looking at Faith is looking at Jesus. I love how Joseph Prince says it. If you just look at Jesus, faith rises, it produces results. We'll be right back. 
You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast from East Coast Christian Center. We will be back shortly after we thank our sponsors. At East Coast Christian Center, we are building a life-giving church that lasts. We are one church in many locations with campuses in Merritt Island, Vieira, Coco, and an online campus that you can attend from anywhere. Here at East Coast, we value each generation and work hard to ensure that no matter what age or stage of life you're in, there's a place for you in our family. You weren't meant to do life alone, so come and find your church home with us. You can plan your visit or get more information online at eccc.us. Barfield Contracting and Associates is a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. They are located in Coca Village, but service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. They also offer military and senior discounts and free estimates and appreciate every opportunity they are given. 321 454 4531. That's 321-454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. Are you a young adult between the ages of 18 and 29, seeking community and an opportunity to press into the Word of God on a deeper level? Join us at Mezzanine, Sunday nights at 7. Experience powerful and impacting messages alongside like-minded individuals that are passionate about pursuing the heart of God. Download the Mezzanine Church app or visit mezzanine.church to get plugged in. Hi, I'm Scott Langston. I'm a broker associate who has specialized in commercial real estate for the past 27 years. I sell real estate for Remax Elite. I give free broker price opinions to anyone selling real estate. If you are looking to buy or lease real estate, I will represent you at no cost to you. My phone number is 321-403-1111. My website is scottlangston.com. Go out and make it a great day. Pineapple Garden, assisted living facility located in Rockledge. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved ones are safe and secure. Find them online at pineapplegarden.com. For over 30 years, CB Plumbing has been a family-owned and operated business that is dedicated and proud to serve the Brevard County community. CB Plumbing offers both drain and sewer line cleaning for commercial and residential. CB Plumbing for all your plumbing needs. 321-783-6000. That's 321-783-6000. Customer satisfaction is their guarantee. Welcome back to the Morning Breath Podcast. Lean in as the pastors finish the show with their final thoughts. Hey, everybody. Welcome back indeed. We're so glad you're here. And Pastor David has got some final thoughts for us. I love this part of scripture where the girl is dead and Jesus arrives. One, I'd like to say this. Notice Jesus did not let life lead him. Hey, nice. All right? That he dealt with every scenario. Woman with the issue of bleeding, all right? He addressed it and then moved forward. But he didn't panic. He didn't turn around and say, why did you grab me? I've got someone else that needs me. I'm so hurry. I'm such a rush. He didn't do that. When he gets there, he made sure that he was the loudest voice in the room. Mm. And those... You know, we talked about doubting before the break. You know, yeah, everybody's going to have a little bit of doubt inside them. That's okay, believe it or not. That's okay. You just go look at him and say, then Lord, help my unbelief. Yes. All right. But those who aren't willing to say, Lord, help my unbelief, 
got to get them out of the room. Mm. If your marriage is struggling and those people are talking about divorce and divorce lawyers, get them out of the room. People are talking about, well, you're going to suffer with this disease your whole life. Get them out of the room. Yeah. All right. You got to get people who are going to stand in faith with you. The voice. Jesus has to be the loudest voice in the room. Yeah. Amen. And, and that is where you see victory. Amen. That is where you receive peace. And I know for myself, when I, I look in areas where I look at what voices come in my head when I look at scenarios that happen in my life, and if it doesn't line up with the word of God, it's got to get yes. out of the room. Yes. All right. It can't stay. That's where the battle's won. Yeah, it really is. So yeah. I'll tell you what, man, we're about to get out of here. Thanks. For, man, today was so much fun, Pastor Mark. It was good stuff, Pastor David. Love you guys. Have a great day in Christ. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Morning Breath Podcast. If you did, we would love for you to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. To follow along with our daily chapter list and for quick access to East Coast podcasts, events, and more, download the East Coast app. It's the best way to stay connected with everything East Coast. We would also love for you to join our online community. Just search for East Coast Christian Center on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening to the Morning Breath Podcast.